You're listening to the Bahai World News Service. Now live local During a visit to the Bahai World Center, two representatives of the Bahai International Community sat with the news service to explore contributions that Bahai communities in the Arab region are making to the discourse on coexistence. I'm Sabah Haddad, a representative of the Bahai International Community based in Geneva. Thank you, and I'm Hatim Al-Hadi. I'm representative of the Baha'i International Community to the Arab countries based in Cairo, Egypt. So Saba, one of the areas of work for the Baha'i community is participating in uh, discourses that are prevalent in our society. So can you share with us a little bit more about this area of endeavor? Yeah, um, it's actually in recent years, it has been um, very nice to see that more and more national Baha'i institutions as well as regional agencies uh, are taking part in discourse specifically about uh, the cohesion in society as well as the role of men and women, the role of religion in society, just to name a few. And I think we want we, we are more and more seeing how that it is not only um, coexisting um, means that we are live in harmony together, but how can we also go beyond this term? How really every member of the society can contribute fully to the adv- advancement on a spiritual level, on intellectual level. So the Baha'i community, as well as many well-wishers of society, have been really engaged in thinking how this can happen. And uh, maybe I would also like to hear, it would be wonderful to hear from you how this look like in the Arab world and uh, maybe also a few examples we can talk about specifically in this uh, line of action. Yes, absolutely. I think, as you mentioned, it's really a burgeoning area of endeavor uh, throughout the world, but certainly we see it here in, in, in our region and the Arab countries, uh, particularly because of the change that we've seen in our region in the last several years, uh, and also uh, the fact that it's a very young uh, community, relatively speaking, uh, with more than 60% of the population under the age of 30. And also we've seen in our regions that there are very rich in their history and very diverse uh, ethnic, religious, uh, tribal backgrounds. We've seen people coming together and exploring what it, what kind of future do you want to create uh, and how do we create that collectively? So that has brought about a lot of conversations and a lot of opportunities to engage at the level of thought as to what future do we want to chart for ourselves. Yes, yeah. So maybe one example that I have heard in Bahrain and that the, the community there and the, the endeavors there in Bahrain has been a, a beautiful um, um, maybe to look at, especially in this um, experience with the Majalis. So maybe you can tell us how uh, this experience uh, looked like and how it contributed to the discourse of society. For sure. So in Bahrain, as well as um, other countries in the Gulf region, we see that this setup of Majalis or Diwaniya, um, and in other countries also they call it um, cultural saloons, people come together, uh, you know, usually in the evening to have conversations about 
issues of society that they're concerned about. And they discuss topics of interest and concern. Uh, and these are really good opportunities to bring unity of thought, to bring um, even advancement to thought. And just like anybody in, who lives in those countries, uh, Bahrainis have found, Bahraini Baha'is, sorry, have found uh, opportunities to also uh, engage in these majalis and have conversations with their countrymen uh, and their compatriots about the development of their society and advancement that has taken place in that society over, um, over the years. Um, of particular interest in the last few years, we've seen that uh, the Majlis in Bahrain has taken on the theme of coexistence. And they have really started to think about what does coexistence mean in a country so rich and so diverse as Bahrain. Um, and they started to explore what are the elements and principles that can contribute to coexistence in society and what are the various uh, forces, if you will, that are concerned about the development of that uh, theme. So they explored how uh, in, in media, for example, uh, media can play an important role to establish and uh, really create a sense of unity and a sense of uh, inclusion in society, but they can also play on the adverse a you know, a role in creating divisiveness and creating uh, disunity within society. So as media professionals explore their role in realizing coexistence in society, they started to also explore what principles they need to adhere to, what practices and code of conducts um, they must, uh, you know, realize and adopt, and also start to explore if their role is to, is to convey reality as it is or to try to actually shape uh, opinion in a certain way. Um, and so we've seen that development and those honest conversations developing uh, in, in Bahraini society, which has been really quite um, exemplary and an opportunity to learn from. Yeah, I guess also one of the characteristics of uh, such a majalis is uh, that we are con not only contributing on the level of thought, but also in a way that has uh, a consultative atmosphere. So it is so wonderful that, uh, you know, you have participants from all representing all part of society and each one's contribution is valuable and important. Um, and uh, we know that in the spirit of consultation, uh, basically everyone is free to contribute um, but also they put their kind of opinion on the table and then be detached of it. And this is such a beauty in that because it requires also detachment. It requires that um, this honesty and as well as, you know, we are willing that only the truth appears and that only the truth sparkles. And in, in, in that atmosphere, in, in, in the Majalis, I think, you know, um, uh, with, with such a spirit, there's so much, there's so much um, uh, to learn. You know, Saba, so as you're talking about this whole process of exploring the truth mm. and how that, and we are very lucky in our parts of the world that we do have these social constructs where people come together and have these conversations and listen to one another and explore reality. That's essentially what it is. They are trying to read their own reality and they're trying to identify how can they 
you know, possibly work together or collectively in order to, uh, you know, ad advance materially, spiritually, intellectually uh, as a society. And so we are very lucky to actually have those social constructs and these setups in, in our society. So I was just reflecting on that, actually, as you were talking about it. Uh, it's not like we have to create something that does not exist. Exactly. It's already existing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like these majalis, you know, mm. they are also, um, it's, uh, it, it is within the fabric of the of the Bahraini society, no? But how we can also look into, um, yeah, um, bringing on the level of thought, on the level of, you know, these principles that are so important to reshape our future, you know, to see that really the every human being is a is a is a contributor to the society building, and it's not you know uh, there is no uh, se segments or divisions, um, and as well as we are also uh, kind of you know um, still keep our our heritage, you know our culture. It's so it's so wonderful to see that because also a consultation that looks like maybe in the majalis, it, it's maybe uh, taken in a different form uh, in in the um, you know in internationally in in, uh, in Geneva for example you know but the principle is the same but maybe the forms are keeping the culture but as well as preserving. So that's also another concept is that unity and diversity that, you know, we have this, and that's what we want to build. We want to um, ultimately have a, have a uni unified society, yet um, preserving this also culture in it, you know, like, um, and, and, and uh, yeah, reshaping this, this culture based on these profound principles that, that the Baha'i community is offering. Yeah, so so in that context, unity does not mean uniformity. Mm -hmm. Unity means, you know, appreciating the diversity that exists within our society, the richness that this diversity can bring, but then also identifying uh, common concerns that we could and must work collectively on, and then learn how to do so, how to actually work collectively in order to better our, our reality or improve our future or chart a future that we're all so uh, happy with. Uh, because divisiveness does not lead anywhere good. Um, you know, history tells us that. And our, unfortunately, our very recent past and some parts of our region, also some of our current reality shows that when, when there is divisiveness, when there is conflict, um, you know, we see spread of illness, we see uh, increase in poverty, we see all sorts of challenges and suffering to, to people. And the way out of this is to figure out how do we get along? How do we live collectively together? And so what are the principles that we need in order to realize that? You know, also one of the things I was thinking about as you were explaining is that besides coexistence, we started to identify in the Arab region sub-themes that are relevant to coexistence. For example, this whole, um, you know, issue of the role of women in society. Um, again, in our region, we deal with this topic and we have a lot of conversations about it. And, um, you know, you, you obviously grew up in Iraq, you studied there, and maybe you can share with us a little bit more uh, on this topic from your vantage point, from what you've seen. And I can also share a little bit of experiences on, on those discourses in the region. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think also um, a beautiful experience that uh, we also see is actually in Tunisia, mm. how that, uh, you know, how they went beyond coexistence into uh, citizenship. And what do we mean by citizenship? What does it mean that, uh, you know, when, when we have the role of women, when we have the equality between men and women, then also citizenship is a little bit, you know, uh, re reshaped uh, in a way that, yeah, we don't want division, that all segments of society have equal parts very much so so you know uh, again it's not something to um, hide in, in our recent past as arab society that we have been coming to grips about the contribution of women in society at all levels um, and we're also realizing that um, you know we cannot have half of society uh, being deprived of opportunities for uh, you know, their their contribution and their advancement. Um, and so this process, as you said, has had a massive spillover effect to recognize that this after we recognize that half of society needs to be given equal opportunity and equally contribute to the advancement of our of our um, societies, we need to look at all components of our society. We need to look at every and, 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 and each person that exists in our society and see, are they given the opportunities to contribute, to advance um, or not? And then we can evaluate all of our systems. We can evaluate our educational system. We can evaluate our, um, uh, if you will, um, uh, social systems and see what is preventing uh, some components of our society to contribute fully uh, to the advancement. And I think this mindset, this inclusive mindset, is probably what um, these discourses are helping us to um, to uh, develop, right? We're developing a more inclusive society, and accordingly, we're developing a society that's also realizing that the well-being of part of it is really realized as only possible through the uh, achieving the well-being of the whole. And this is also wonderful because it's not only done in, in certain places, like, for example, in Kuwait, it's not only done on a level of, you know, thoughts, but it goes back, it, it goes to the neighborhood, you know, and how women, uh, in, it, it was, a, I think, also a beautiful experience to see that a group of women thinking about the education of the of the youth, of, the, of their children, you know, um, thinking, uh, not, not only coming together and seeing, okay, what are the challenges that my my, my children are having in school you know how can I think about about elimination of of, uh, of um, prejudice that I see uh, whether whether the whether um, I am a Kuwaiti or not I do contribute to the society in an equal share but how does this look like in practice so it it's really amazing they, they were thinking you know how that we can beautify a park that is can be a place where we come all together as families and um, and and let that let our children play together you know um, kind of uh, diminishing all these uh, um all these maybe uh, prejudices that have been built over time uh, you know and, and and allowing that to look at the, at the at the human being as a noble a noble human being in his essence you know um, so i think these are very important that we take it also beyond the level of thought but actually you know in all aspects of life where we live you know, as you spoke about Kuwait, I also uh, remembered an example that we have in, in my own country in Egypt where, um, you know, some of the families are in one neighborhood, they were engaged initially on moral education classes. 
And as these classes developed and children were coming back to their homes and sharing with their parents what they're learning, their parents were realizing that some of the, you know, some of the things that they hear from their children are not something that they can read because they're not necessarily educated. And so the, this neighborhood, they started some um, uh, literacy classes, right? So they, they work, started working together to organize literacy classes so that all the mothers of these children who are receiving moral education classes can actually learn how to read the writings that their kids are learning. And so that process of, again, inclusive development and collective development started to really flourish in this neighborhood. And we've seen it moving from one pocket to the other, you know, where one neighborhood now have got several pockets, these types of activities are, um, you know, thriving in. So, um, so it's, it's very interesting how these conversations that are happening at the national level are also finding expression at the uh, grassroots level. And in fact, they're being informed at some of the experiences that the Baha'i community is uh, developing at the grassroots level. So I was just curious if you could share with us some stories about how that happens. When you have a, a neighborhood that is, you know, um, I think we can see it more more um, uh, tangible uh, yes. because that's where, you know, if you and a couple of your neighbors and on, on, on your street where you live, you know, you're kind of united in action, putting these principles in, in action, you see it much more um, strongly, this level, this transformation. And yeah. it's absolutely wonderful to have this because then we can also, you know, <laughs> come and, 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 and you know, observe this, observe, and then everyone, everyone think that, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can also contribute to this, you know, in a very tangible way. Very much so. And I think, so what we're trying, what we're starting to learn about is that as we create communities that are uh, vibrant and have got real life in them where people are concerned about not just their own development, but the development of the whole neighborhood where they live in. This becomes a prototype for us to look at, to learn from, um, and to explore how and if this could be replicable in similar places, right? And and I think that's that attitude of learning and that attitude of curiosity and really wanting to see how these lofty principles that are, are discussed at the level of discourses in our society, which is how do we coexist together? How do we establish societal unity? These are issues that are getting thinkers and um, social actors really concerned, right? And then what we're trying to do also is to figure out how can these thoughts be applied at neighborhood level? How can we create prototypes that we learn from? Um, and also when you're learning in such small scale, you can build capacity and you can start to you know, develop capacity that can be uh, applied in other places after you've got sufficient strength in one neighborhood, etc. So it has so many benefits and has such a, a massive ripple effect that can be realized. So there's a, definitely a lot of connection between um, exploring these topics at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at the level of thought, but also exploring it at a practical level. And I think both of them can um, enrich each other. Enrich each other. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm also wondering that how, you know, we are we are talking about coexistence and we are talking about harmony um, 
in society, but how can we also go beyond that? You know, how can we tap into, um, you know, our true identity as human beings, who we are? We are noble beings, you know, but what does this also, how can, how can this profound concept find expression um, in, 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 in discourses? I would like to maybe hear your thoughts in this. So, so I think the question of identity that you raise is um, one that a lot of thinkers and even artists in our region have been exploring uh, as of recent times. And um, it's a question that's raised by all of us. Who are we? Are we uh, Arabs? Are we? Do we belong to a particular nationality? Do we belong to a particular religion, uh, ethnicity? And 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 as we explore the richness of our region, these questions become you know, very important, of course, and they have to be explored. But also, can we explore these questions while realizing that we might have common identity that transcends all these uh, differences and limitations? That's not to diminish the importance of these identities that have been identified earlier, and that we talk about them and we feel very proud of them. But it is actually to explore how can we live together, recognizing that we do have some commonness. We are fundamentally human beings with higher purpose, with spiritual um, aspect to our life and a, a greater purpose for it that can help us. These kind of ideas can help us transcend differences and go beyond just thinking of ourselves with such uh, limitations. This is absolutely very profound and very wonderful. And I think it reminds me also of an artistic expression that actually was uh, also on a national TV in Bahrain uh, with this beautiful song that was uh, that says, uh, uh, God has created, created us from the same dust. So it is so wonderful to see how that, you know, such a profound concept being expressed uh, uh, with, with artistic view, but really it also allows us to think, okay, if we are created from the same dust, what does this mean? What does it make difference, you know, from others, you know, like you know, to see ourselves that we belong, we belong to, to, to a one, you know, one uh, essence and how, how we act accordingly, you know, how can this, this concept go so beyond now, you know, coexistence, and, but how we are in, in, in our essence is one, you know, this will allow to really, you know, um, yeah, this allow humanity to flourish. Absolutely. And I think the recognition of this oneness is so critical for us as we explore how do we advance a society. We have so many common challenges that we're facing, uh, you know, whether it's the environmental or economic or otherwise. And so if we're going to deal with all these big challenges that face us right now as humanity without recognizing our oneness, it will be even much harder, all the more harder. So this is such an important realization that we need to build on. 
And I think the more we look into our common commonalities, the more we are united. You know, the more we look into, into our differences, the more we are uh, divided. Yeah. It's it's so important to see who we are. You know, as a whole, as a whole humanity, and we are talking about the essence of each faith is one. You know, in its essence, you have to be honest. You have to not backbite. You have to, um, you know, uh, all these all these fundamental principles. They are all one in in, in all of these religions. So, um, but how do we we can all put them in practice? No matter what religion I, you know, I belong to, I think that's how we build unity. I think it is really wonderful that we are able to think globally as yet also um, on a national and especially for our precious, you know, Arabic land that we feel so much belonging to, to explore these ideas together, to see, you know, how can we go from from just having a concept and believing in such to really put it in into practice and uh, on 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 the level of discourse and thoughts and it's been absolutely wonderful to have this conversation with you dear hatem thank you so much thank you so much mm -hmm. i also feel a lot of hope for our region mm -hmm. um and um, looking forward to explore that more with everybody in our region mm -hmm. You're listening to the Baha'i World News Service. For more information, visit news.baha'i.org.